Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, me and my man Scotty D, we love to some do some betting. Scotty D likes to bet. I love to go to Vegas and bet. Uh, I play, I bet all the time on the golf course. So uh, this is a ad I love uh, to talk about right here. It's called Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, we are here. It is the Triple Threat Podcast. Me and my man, Scotty D. I am DJ Shockley. We appreciate you guys joining us. And every week, I don't take it for granted, man. I appreciate you guys clicking the like button, clicking the subscribe button, and checking in with your boys, man. We enjoy talking. We enjoy talking sports, life, whatever else going on. Happy Cinco de Mayo, which was probably going to be yesterday for everybody, but it is Cinco de Mayo for me and Scotty D. So uh, we both got on look green right now. Uh, feeling good, uh, Scotty D. What's good, man? I don't know. I don't know if that was a, a Mexican thing or not. What I don't I just know did. what that was, bro. But either. it was your wife like that. I mean, that's not <laughs> your wife are like right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. What's up, man? What's up, people? Hey, man. Everybody, all good, man. Obviously, we got a lot going on. We're gonna talk. Uh, go back and breeze through the draft a little bit. Obviously, that was a big time for everybody. A lot of good things to talk about in the draft. Talk what the Falcons did in the draft. Uh, other big news around the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers still wants mm. out, was at the Derby, uh, kicking it. Uh, wanted to have a good time there, which is always fun. Uh, the Hawks in the playoffs. I like it. The Hawks in the playoffs. And we're going to get a little uh, Bucks and Brooklyn talk here as the Bucks and Brooklyn have gone at it a couple of times. And I think that's going to be the matchup everybody look forward to yeah. in the East. But other than that, man, let's get it. To it. All right, draft is in the books. A lot of surprises, maybe not many surprises. The quarterbacks went. Uh, I think that was the biggest storyline of the entire draft. What's going to happen at number three? Mm-hmm. And Scotty, I'm gonna get my surprises. I'm gonna let you think about it. But I had a I had a couple surprises in this draft. My first surprise was I was surprised Jamar Chase went number five to the Bengals. I thought everything was a line for Penny Sewell to go yeah. and solidify that offensive line, give Joe Burrow somebody that could be there for him and block, uh, obviously, for him for the next 10, 12 years, and it just didn't happen. Uh, obviously, Joe uh, Burrow needs that, was hurt last season, but they go get his boy, who he balled out with in 2019 and, you know, won the Blinnikoff as the top receiver. So that was surprising me that he actually yeah. – they went with the Bengals at five. My other one was that Stokes for the Georgia Bulldogs was the first dog taken going to Green Bay. 
uh, gets picked in the first round, first Bulldog taken. I think a lot of people thought Aziz Ojalari would be the first guy for the Bulldogs taken off the board, but Eric Stokes was taken first off the board. So those are my uh, two surprises, I should say, of the first round. Yeah. Uh, did anything surprise you or where anybody went surprised you? Well, on the flip side of the Stokes thing, the Ojolari that he went so, uh, you know, middle of the second round was a little bit of a surprise to me. Really was. Yeah. And, yeah, um, no doubt. I mean, it, it, obviously being here, we get a lot of coverage of him. And I thought I thought he was going to go, um, you know, mid to – I thought he was going to be gone by pick 22 or 23. But um, – right. You know, another one that that little that surprised me a little bit was when the cornerbacks started getting taken, and when J.C. Oh, Horn, yeah. when J.C. Eight Horn nine, was the yeah. first one, uh, I, that was a little surprising because I thought uh, Sertan and then um, uh, Caleb Farley. Yeah, um, Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought that those two were were kind of tabbed as one and two, but uh, other than that, I mean, you know, a draft is is every, you got thirty two different front offices <laughs> thinking thirty two different things. And trying to outsmart 31 other different front offices, you know. So yeah, uh, it, it was it was entertaining. I watched more than I had in a long time, more of the draft than I had, and uh, uh, it was it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I, I was intrigued by it. Obviously, uh, what the Falcons did at four, taking Kyle Pitts, taking arguably the second best player in the entire draft. Uh, at four, I thought it was a good take there. We both talked about it last week, thought Cal mm-hmm. Pitts would be unbelievable here in Atlanta, and you just could not pass on him, uh, especially being – I know a lot of people wanted a quarterback. A lot of people wanted Justin Fields in that spot. Uh, but Kyle Pitts, I thought, is one of those generational talents that we talked about last week that you had to get and add to what is going on here in Atlanta. And obviously, the talk about Julio Jones, and uh, he's going to be a guy that gets talked about here for the next couple of months. But uh, we got a guy coming on, Carlos Medina, uh, who does a lot of stuff for 680 The Fan here in Atlanta. They call him Front Office Los. is going to be joining us to give us a kind of feedback on all that, man. He's got a great insight on a lot of things that's going around, the contracts and salary caps in the National Football League. He's going to give us some insight on the Julio Jones situation as well. Uh, but uh, Trey Lance going at three, man. Was that a surprise? Did you think that it would be Trey Lance? Because that was probably the most intriguing part. Uh, probably the first 30 minutes of the draft is what's going to happen at number three. Yeah, I guess that – I guess I, it wasn't necessarily a surprise. Um, I think Justin Fields is better, but I didn't believe Mac Jones. But, yeah. here, you know, as, as a side note, what, what, what amazes me is – and I've talked about it already, but how, how Fields fell and Trey Lance rose. But I hear so many people say – but I think Justin Fields will be the better pro long term. Yeah. Well, how does that make sense? How do you draft? Right. How do you draft? I mean, obviously Shanahan doesn't feel that way, but right. I mean, it, it just, I still just trying to wrap my head around that whole situation, but it wasn't necessarily a surprise. And I've heard people, you know, people were basically saying that if the Falcons, um, I heard Carlos, Carlos is going to talk about it, but I heard Tori McLean, who covers the Falcons for the athletic discuss it last week that she had heard if Trey Lance fell to the Falcons, that they would have taken him too. So I don't know, man. It's it's it wasn't a surprise. I just don't understand it still. Yeah, and it, it, it's 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 one of those type of things you think about where five years down the road, this is when you can make those kind of uh, kind of bold statements, or you can say, okay, this guy was better. But I well, think right now you just don't know. I'm saying, I'm, no, no, no. I'm not saying that you. I'm saying the no, no, people no. that saying that Justin Fields would be or or Trey Lance would be a better prospect, like. They don't know that right, right now. They say that, but until they get into the National Football right. League and play, 
nobody really knows. So right now it's all assumptions and they're going off right. potential of players. So I think that when we look back five years down the road, we're going to see what does Justin Fields do in Chicago where he got drafted number 11. Uh -huh. uh, the Bears came up to get him. Mac Jones failed to, I think, where everybody thought he would go to the New England Patriots there at 15. And then Trey Lance sits there at number three right now. Does he sit a year and learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo? Does he get thrown in the fire right away? Because by them moving up, I think San Francisco feels like they are in the Super Bowl realm right now. Where yeah. this one year, two years, they feel like Trey Lance is a guy that can get him there. But like you mentioned, there are a lot of pundits out there that says he is a developmental guy. He's going to take two or three years. So I think we have to wait and see what happens here down the road, maybe five years and see what happens. Yeah, and, in, and one thing I will say is that as far as those two teams, the 49ers and the Bears, I trust the coaching situation in San Francisco much more than I trust the Bears situation. Yeah, so I feel I feel bad. Good for sure. I feel bad for Fields uh, that he's in that situation. I hope that he can make the most of it, and uh, I hope they can figure out what to do with him, you know, and how to use yeah. him right. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch, man. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out and how he gets in. Jalen Waddle. Uh, Goes to the uh, Dolphins there. Mm -hmm. We got – you go down a little bit. Devontae Smith, his other um, running mate there in Alabama, goes to Philadelphia. And it looks like Philadelphia is all in on Jalen Hurts, trying to get him the weapons around him to make him good. So, Devontae Smith is an absolute number one receiver. I'm not buying the 166, and that matters. I think he has the ability to play pretty well. And then the best defensive player, I thought, in the draft, Micah Parsons goes to the Dallas Cowboys at number 12. This guy, I think, is going to be one of those type of players that if you look back at the Super Bowl and we talk about what Devin White did for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this can be a similar player. And within two or three years, an all-pro style of guy. What did you think of uh, that particular pick there going at number 12 to the Dallas Cowboys? Well, when we when we did our little 10-team 10, mock draft last week, I picked him going to the Cowboys at 10. Yeah. But, the, but the Cowboys yeah. traded down and got him still. Uh, I agree. I think – I think that, uh, you know, take quarterbacks out of the mix. Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft. And I think that Michael Parsons also – I also think that he's the best defensive player in the draft. So I think they got a steal down there. Yeah. And, and the last thing we'll bring up here in the first round as we conclude some of the draft talk is two running backs that ended up getting taken. A lot of talk about mm -hmm. uh, should you take running backs in the first round? Are they first-round players? But I think – these two guys and Najee Harris going 24 to the Steelers and then Travis Etienne going back with his boy to Trevor Lawrence, going back mm -hmm. with him to Jacksonville right behind Najee Harris at 25 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think two of the backs in this draft who a lot of people were excited about high on. And I think the Jags felt like, hey, this was a perfect spot for him. But how do you feel about those two guys jumping into that first round with the, their, their particular teams that they took them? Well, I think we definitely knew that that Harris was going to go in the first round. Um, ATN, I, I like what he's always done, but I feel like I don't know that he was better than the uh, Javante Williams out of North Carolina. But yeah, he time nice. will tell. Yeah. And then you know they only got drafted like ten spots away from each other, so that's pretty comparable. But uh, um, I tell you. Speaking of Javante Williams, I know a lot of people here in Atlanta wanted Javante Williams with the the Falcons' first pick in the second round. Uh, they draft out of that spot. And the team that traded with the Broncos immediately takes him. What do you yeah. think? What do you think was behind that? Do you think the Falcons thought that they could get him five picks later, or do you think they just weren't looking running back there? No, I, I think they had a, a, a guy on their board they really liked at that spot. 
And I think if he was there, uh-huh. they would probably would have got him because you need a back and everything pointed to his style being really good that Arthur Smith style offense. Mm-hmm. And I thought he would be a great fit. I, I was when you said his name, I absolutely thought that guy would be perfect. And I thought that's where the Falcons would go. But obviously other teams thought so as well. Yeah. And that's why they end up taking him, you know, up there and really early in that 35th pick, second pick, you know, uh, going to the Broncos. Yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was the Carolina Panthers in this division with the Falcons. They went and pick up. We saw J.C. Horn. We talked about him going early. And then on the other side, they went and got a guy I think is sneaky going to be good. Terrence Marshall Jr. goes to the Carolina Panthers uh, late in that second round, 59th <laughs> pick uh, out of LSU. Big, tall, physical receiver. LSU seems like to always put out really good receivers. Now yeah. we got to worry about another guy in this division uh, going to the Carolina Panthers. It looked like they're starting to do some things to help Sam Darnold, which a lot of teams did not do, the Jets in particular, do to help their quarterback and Sam Darnold while he was there. Carolina Panthers, like they're really in the mode of trying to be better right now. Yeah, if they can keep uh, Christian McCaffrey healthy, I agree. But, uh, you know, that's been hard so far. You yeah. use them for so many snaps and so many touches. Kyle Trask going to the Buccaneers, going to get some uh, on-task, on-field work with Tom Brady, be the next guy in that division to, to take over. I know you love your Florida guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kandarius Tony going there as well in that first round. I mean, you got a lot of good Florida guys who went on this draft, and uh, kudos to your Gators uh, as they made a lot of things known. But my dog's nine guys drafted, so, you know I mean, I mean we, we did all right, too. You did know? all right, yeah. Yeah, 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 we did all right. All right, man, let's uh let, let, let's stay in the National Football League, man, and talk about a guy who's getting a lot of conversation now, my man Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers right now is locked in step, similar to what Deshaun Watson was saying a few months back about how he wants to leave. He is out. Well, Aaron Rodgers says, I am gone. And one guy who had a lot to say about it, his former teammate, Brett Favre, tells me, he said, well, he says his gut tells him Rodgers is done with the Packers. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is done and there will be no more G on the side of his helmet? Isn't it funny how these two situations played out like this? Mm. And it was two different, two different regimes, too, you know? Wasn't the yeah. same, wasn't the same GM or coach. So right. uh, it's interesting. I, I think... I mean, Favre is just spec. You know, he probably. I know they talk now. They're actually friendly with each other. So, but I don't know that they've talked <laughs> that was about. Not this. the case for a while, right? right yeah, I don't know. If he, <laughs> I don't know if he agrees with this or if he uh, knows really in depth about this situation. I just, you know, we were told that this has been going on for a minute, and I just, I didn't know. And and I, a lot of what I'm hearing from Rogers makes me just want to be like, he's being a bitch. You know, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is. And uh, but at the same time. <laughs> He's the MVP. You know, he's still got he's got so much clout, so much leverage um, from from a PR standpoint. Now, uh, Carlos going to talk about it a little bit from a from a cap standpoint and a salary standpoint. Um, So that will be that'll be an interesting part of the puzzle, too. But I got to I got to agree with most people. I think he's done there. Yeah, it's going to I think he's done, too, man. I think Rogers is the type of guy that when. He says, I'm done or I'm fed up. He's out. And I just look at some of his personal relationships in life, man. Right. I mean, he doesn't have a real relationship with his family, doesn't yeah. care to have one with his family. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that situation went sour. And guess what? He don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen some of his you know, relationships with women play out in the public eye. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't like what's happening, he out. He don't care what she done. He don't care what she look like. 
he is out. Mm. And I think he is taking that same stance here in his professional career as That's well. Good- like, hey, I ain't feeling it. I ain't like how y'all moving. So guess what? I'm going to chuck the deuces to you. And Those that's what exactly what he's doing. Those are good comparisons. <laughs> I agree with that. And, you know, he's he's not a – to me, I guess, uh, unless you're a Packers fan, he's not a likable person <laughs> unless you're a Packers fan or you like his State Farm commercials. Which, no doubt. <laughs> but other than that, there's nothing likable about the guy. He seems like a prick, you know. I mean, I so I I, I hope he ends up in Detroit or, or, or you know, the, for the some crappy well, team. Well, as, as at the end of the day, the dude is a baller. Yeah, whatever team the dude go no to, question. they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a contender because yeah. Aaron Rodgers makes everybody around him better, and he's just one of those type of players that hate him or love him. Yeah, he gonna ball, and uh, we know plenty of those guys in every single sport that you can watch or play. You got dudes who you may not like them personally, but when they get on the field, they get on the court, whatever they're doing, they do their thing. So all all facets of life, field. yeah, all facets of life. Biz- people in business like that too, you know. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, man, last thing we're going to talk about before we get my man Carlos on here is basketball. The Hawks. I saw what a clinched playoff spot. Uh, obviously, the Hawks have uh, been depleted this season with guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, Scotty, I know you follow them a little bit closer than I do, but injuries have a big part of it. The fact that they're still uh, able to make the playoffs, uh, I think Coach McMillan has had the longest uh, – I say uh, interview of yeah. any coach ever uh, has done an outstanding job yeah. with the cast that he's got and the Falcons. I mean, not the Falcons. The Hawks have a great chance of getting into the playoffs and, and trying to make some noise, man. Especially to get everybody back healthy. Yeah. First of all, top notch hat. My Do man DJ that. has a no sweet Hawks hat on. I love it. Joint. And, uh, joint. Yeah. And secondly. Thank you for paying attention and thank you for letting us talk about basketball <laughs> and the Hawks in particular. Um, yeah. It's been a rough month or so because the, it, their injury situation has just been terrible, man. It, it yeah. they've been so unlucky, but I think Saturday, how many guys are out right now, right? This minute. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, but we haven't had Deandre Hunter who I think is our best all around player all well, year for a minute. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was out like in January, I think. Um, so the injury situation has been, been really rough. Um, we, we've lost Trey in spots. We've lost JC in spots. Really the only person I can think of that's been healthy the whole year was Clint Capella, who, who he actually started the season a little bit late cause he didn't even play last year. Right. So he's actually, I think he's been healthy all year. Maybe, maybe missed a game or two, but nothing major. So it, they've been really tough, roughed up by that, but they were, they were really hitting their stride when Nate took over. Um, yeah. Coach McMillan, I should say, took over. So uh, I think when healthy, they're as deep of a team as there is in the NBA. I'm saying it right now. They are 10 deep. Their their whole second line with Lou Williams, with Gallinari, with uh, uh, Onyeke Onkongwu, our first round draft. Nice. He started. He he's been starting to play well. Uh, you know Solomon Hill, dude. I'm telling you, we are 10, maybe 11 deep. I'd have to look at the roster, but um, hey, man, it's a deep shout team. out, shout out, my dude, Lemon Pepper Lou, man. Lou don't yeah. came through it. He's still balling, still got it. They say Lou was done, no more six man, but Lou yeah. is still balling right now. Back in the ATL, man. Yeah. So if uh, I didn't say his name, that. that was a horrible omission because he was in my. No, head. you did. No, you okay. did. You did. You did. You, you did. You did. Yeah. That's what made me think about it because so I know Lou been balling. Yeah, so you know the Knicks have been super hot lately, right? Yeah, they they they've won at least nine straight at one point, and I think they're maybe twelve out of thirteen or something like that. Yeah, if it weren't for them, 
the Hawks would have been the talk of the, the NBA about hot streaks. It's just New York gets that media, this mis- the mystique about the New York Knicks and, and the NBA. Uh, but the Hawks were, were on hell of a streak themselves. And I think when they're healthy, they are going to scare somebody uh, in the playoffs as long as it's not San Francisco, I mean, uh, Philadelphia or uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I yeah, don't, man. I'm not buying the Milwaukee Bucks. Sorry. They done beat them, though. I'm, I'm not that bring me to my neck. The Bucks just beat yeah. them the other night. They just beat them All the right. other night. 124-118. Giannis went for 36. The other time he went for 40-some. Mm-hmm. Middleton had 23. Mm-hmm. My man Drew Holiday, 23. Durant had 32. Kyrie had 38. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks still took the W. Okay. But here's, here's, here's what I'm with you, though. It's hard to beat Brooklyn four out of seven games yeah. in a series. Milwaukee is tough. Yeah, Giannis is a freak. But can he do it four out of seven games? Can right. he beat Brooklyn? And then they haven't had hard in the last couple of times they played him. So yeah, that's another 25, 30. Them dudes is a walking bucket. Yeah, that, that I think beating the Nets period is gonna be tough. But I'm this let me give you my my view on the Bucks, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, beating the Nets will be hard. My view on the Bucks is this: who is their coach? It's Mike Budenholzer. What's the Budenheiser, Budenholzer, whatever it is. Coach Bud, Coach, Coach Bud. Bud. But he has had the best record in the in, in the uh in the NFC in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> He's had the best record in the Eastern Conference three times and didn't get to the finals. Never made it to the conference finals. Ooh, he was in the first round they were out last year. Yeah, and I think he was out in the first round when he because he did it with the Hawks. It wasn't that long ago, six, seven, six, seven years ago, True. that the Hawks had the best record in the NBA with nobody on the team. And 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 I think they lost in the first round too. I'd have to go back and check that, but I don't trust him. I think Giannis is the greatest player in the NBA right now. Bar none. Big words. Big words. I yeah. hear but, Big but, words. But I, I don't think he has enough around him. And I don't think Coach Bud has a has a is a good playoff coach. Okay. I, I like it. I mean, I understand it because if you, you can't get there, we've seen tons of teams that have what it looks like to look like great players in the regular season, but get to the playoffs. You know what? Amps up another tick. Mm-hmm. You can't finish. It makes sense, man. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun playoff race, I think, man. The West, obviously, Utah and Phoenix are, are all killing mm, it right now yeah. in the West. Uh, the Lakers are in that, you know, five, six seed. And it brings me to my next point I want to ask you about mm-hmm. two different stars, Steph Curry, LeBron James. LeBron mm-hmm. James says that whoever came up with the play-in mm-hmm. should be fired. Yeah. Steph says, I love it. What do you think about the play-in? I think that uh, Steph's team is in danger of being that game, so he's glad he has a chance. <laughs> and I think that LeBron's team, because of because they've underperformed because of a lot, mostly because of injuries, I think he doesn't want to be in that game. Yeah. So I, I think that's their point of view. I don't, I don't, I don't put too much stock in it. You know, he didn't care about it. He didn't care about it three months ago. It's now that now that they haven't had the season they hoped for that he cares about it. So yeah. whatever, yeah. LeBron. I don't care. Um, I think it's. I think it's the purpose of it was to keep a lot of these games um, more meaningful towards the end of the season. So, so the teams in nine tanking. ten, yeah, teams in nine ten eleven are uh, are still trying to scratch out that spot to get because they want that money from the playoffs. The players no and players don't want to lose, you know. So um, it's. I think it's. It's served its purpose, especially in a weird year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it or following the weirdest of the of weird years. Uh, I think it's it's a it's an interesting spin, and you know LeBron doesn't want to see Steph Curry early. No doubt. That's part of it. 
No doubt, because ain't nobody stopping Steph from freaking half nah, court letting that thing fly. So I'm with you, man. I, I'm with you. I, I think the playing is a big part of uh, trying to keep everything competitive, making mm-hmm. sure nobody tanking and all like you just mentioned. So I'm excited to see what happens in these NBA playoffs. Like I mentioned, that's when I started to show up. That's when I started watching. All right. I know that's when it gets interesting. All right. So we'll have more b-ball talk as the, yes, the playoffs start to get underway, man. But uh, once again, congrats to all the players who actually got drafted this mm-hmm. past week. And then those that didn't get drafted. You got a chance to go make a ball club. Go do your best. Put your best foot forward. Uh, a guy like Jamie Newman, who everybody was excited about here uh, in the Atlanta area, ends up going to Philadelphia. Going behind a guy like Jalen Hurts. How he fits in Philadelphia is going to be interesting to watch. So uh, draft is gone. Now we look forward to the offseason. We look forward to a, a lot of great things that's going to happen uh, here. But But next – we get to talk to Carlos Medina. He's going to lay it down. Trust oh, me, y'all don't want to miss some of the stuff mm-hmm. my man Carlos is about to drop. He got some dimes he's about to let go, and we're going to talk all things, not just Falcons. We're going to talk a lot of great things here as Carlos Medina is about to join us. Yep, get some pencil and paper because you're going to need it to keep up with him, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Carlos Medina joining the Triple Threat Podcast coming up next. What's up, people? This is Scotty D. I can't be the only one that has problems with my sunglasses. Uh, Just losing them, breaking them, scratching the lenses, just bad sunglasses, bad optics. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and They have Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CANANCAST15 at canan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. Get your pencils out. Listen to this. That's CANANCAST15. K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canan, clearly better. Welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast, and I talked about it a couple of times. We got my man Carlos Medina joining the show now, a.k.a. Front Office Los. Los, what up, man? How you doing, bro? You know, when I got the invitation, I was told, hey, DJ wants you for the podcast. I said, just tell me when, just tell me where. I'll make sure to clear out some space for it. I'm excited for this. Los, we appreciate it, man. We know you're a busy guy. You know you got a lot going on. And if you haven't heard of all the things that my man Los got going on, I'm going let you know, right, to let you know right now. Host of 680 College Game Day. NFL pregame on the fan. Has his uh, own podcast as well that he co-hosts. It's called the Audio Fun Bag Podcast. Uh, podcast. And my dude's got his... He's got his finger on a lot of great things. And, of course, we got to ask my man Los about everything that just happened that just transpired. I know you, you did all the research. You, you watched over uh, probably a 1,000 uh, different players and all that kind of stuff going on, bro. Uh, but first off, man, uh, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, first initial thoughts uh, of the draft. And uh, were there any surprises that you thought uh, when, when you looked at the draft say, hey, here's some things that really surprised me? Anything like that happen? Well, first and foremost, I would talk about the Atlanta Falcons. When Terry Fontenot, the new general manager, said they're going to follow their board, they followed their board. That's exactly what they did. Uh, I, I would tell you, I had, uh, in, in terms of just overall talent, I had Kyle Pitts as the number two overall player in this draft. So the fact that they drafted him fourth overall, 
Not a surprise there. I had Richie Grant in my top 50. He went where I believed he was supposed to. Uh, even Mayfield, their, their tackle that they got from Michigan, that was somebody that I reviewed. And, and when I built my top 50 board, I had him just outside of that. I'd already done all the homework. I'd done the profile. He just didn't make it into that group. So if, if you tell me what the Falcons did, that's what they did. The surprise for me, and it really shouldn't have been a surprise, the Las Vegas Reachers. They were the Raiders. They're now the Reachers. Uh, they continue. I tell you, DJ, they continue to be that team, and they have a philosophy. They want to draft guys from big programs with a lot of accomplishment where the lights weren't too bright for them. So getting Alex Leatherwood, I had him as a second-round pick. He was in my top 50. I didn't imagine him going 17th overall, but that's their profile. That's what they look for. That works for them. That was, that was the one surprise of round one where I went, wow, didn't expect that one. Yeah. What did you think about the Trey Lance pick? I'm curious about that because I watched Justin Fields for years. Everybody thinks that that he came into the season as a consensus number two guy. And to see him drop and see Trey Lance, who there's limited tape on, obviously the, the scouts got to go see him. What, did, what, do you, what do you think they saw in Trey Lance that, that, uh, that Fields may not have presented? And, and, and Lowe's, before you answer, who did you have them take it? All right. Well, I will tell you this because I and I despise doing mock drafts. Like I absolutely despise doing mock drafts. But you can go to my website, frontofficefootball.net. You can go to sixeightofthefan.com. My mock draft and my entire work, my entire deal, my uh, draft preview is on there. My first round had Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three. That's what I had two weeks before the draft. That's that's the way I had it. And and I'll tell you this, I never bought in to any of the talk that you were going to have a, a Mac Jones at three. And the reason why Smart was this, guy. I had him Smart. as the 45th best player on the board. So that yeah. was my belief. So when you talk about Trey Lance, even though I had Justin Fields as a better overall prospect, I just believed that what they were looking for out of San Francisco, the way that Kyle Shanahan wants to run the offense, I thought Trey Lance was a better fit for that program uh, amongst the elite quarterbacks than anybody who was going to be on the board at the time. Yeah. Well, I'm with you, man. I, I and a couple of things that, that, that me and Scott and he talked about last week was I felt as though they moved all the way up to three and they didn't move up to get Mac Jones because I, I believe at four, the Falcons didn't want him. The Bengals obviously had the quarterback. Uh, Dolphins at six, they have Tua. Uh, the, at seven, you had Detroit who just got Jared Goff. Like you traded all the way up to get a guy that really nobody was really wanting to get. So it, I felt as though Trey Lance and Justin Fields were in that position. So I hear you, bro. You got it right, right there. So the first three picks uh, obviously went as, you know, talked about. Uh, I want to ask you about a couple of veteran guys who are around the league right now and kind of talk about this contract situation. They got some stuff going on. Obviously, two guys who are in the news, Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones, and let's stay in Atlanta for one. Julio Jones, they're talking about this June 1st and possibly him being – you know, one of those guys that has to be a possible cap hit. I know the Falcons are in a position where they can't even sign their draft class right now because of the cap. Do you think it happens? And what is the deal with Julio Jones and his cap space and how they get it right? Well, let me put it this way. There are ways to get out of this cap situation just for this year, but you're basically kicking the can down the road. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. Right now, you're talking about an Atlanta Falcons team with about $900,000 of cap space. As an example, you're going to need about $11 million worth of space to sign their draft picks. So this is a a problem that's not going to go away right now. The the easiest way to make it go away is to trade Julio Jones after June 1. The next way to do it, 
you would have to give Grady Jarrett a contract extension, and you'd have to find a way to move Dante Fowler in a trade after June 1. That's why I think everything points more towards Julio, because it's the easier way to do it. Uh, This is going to be a problem, though, that you're going to have for a number of years. You're going to basically create about $15 million of cap space if you move on from him from June 1. But then he's going to count about 15 to 17 million on your cap next year, even when he's not here. So this is not a problem that's going to be solved until about 2023. Oh, man, and 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 we just don't see any any rest here. We 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 can't get out of uh, salary cap purgatory. Um, and it, and it, to me, it's making the previous administration look worse and worse as we're as we're dealing with this. Well, I did this as a as a segment on on Chuck and Chernoff uh, a couple of days ago, and and what I'd brought, what I I tried to break down. It was last Thursday night. I said if the Falcons were to draft a quarterback number one, and and everything I heard was it's Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts. If Lance isn't there, they're not going to take a quarterback. They're going to go with Pitts. That's what I heard. Now there is some cap games that you can play with Matt Ryan's contract next June and Julio Jones' contract this June, where you would have about. $60 million in cap space, but you wouldn't have it until 2023. So this is really a problem where the the team, when they didn't get the quarterback, I don't think that they were comfortable bottoming out. They want to say, let's put the most competitive team on the field and let's see how we manage the cap going forward. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right, let's jump around the league a little bit. Obviously, uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation is a huge story around the National Football League, and uh, a lot of it has to do with how much he's going to make, too. Obviously, he if he decides to retire or walk away, there's still like 23 or $30 million out there that he has to uh, may have possibly pay back in that situation. First off, do you think Rodgers plays with the Packers this year and does the, the, the business money part of it is a possibility where he may have to come back? No, uh, I don't think he plays with the Packers. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that he is pot committed to saying I'm, I'm going to be elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, final straw, I'm done with these guys. Um, this story that came out last week, you know, we got a chance to talk with Chris Mortensen. I feel like I'm name dropping these people at this point. Uh, but, but Morton, no, you know people, bro. You know people. It's cool, bro. Drop them. Well, well that's the, the funny part was Mort was like, <laughs> no, this story has been out for two months. None of us have gone with it. They, they all had heard that this problem had been happening. There was a multitude of meetings, and everyone ended with, I don't want to be here. That's what Aaron Rodgers kept, keeps telling them, and that's what he's planning on doing. If you want to talk about the finances, He's set to count about $37 million against the cap this year. If you were to cut him or trade him before June 1, he actually costs you more, $38 million. So <laughs> any move that includes Aaron Rodgers has to be done after June 1 in order to recognize about $15 million in savings. Oh, man. God, my head is swimming, Lowe's. My head That's is swimming, money, man. Bro. <laughs> it's a lot of brain right there. What, what, what do they do? Is, I mean, if, you, if you're saying that he's not going to play there, where can he where can he go play? I tell you my fear, he goes to New Orleans. I would be surprised and I will tell you this. This he ain't is going where nowhere the in the NFC. Nowhere in the <laughs> NFC. Not happening. You know, Green Bay has the power here. They're gonna send him similar to what, what happened with the Packers and Brett Favre. Okay. He wanted to go to Minnesota, so he would stay <laughs> in the division and they said, No, no, you're going to the Jets. We're sending you <laughs> right. across the country and you're going to the AFC. Right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Denver, if it's Vegas, if it's somebody along those lines where you send him out to the AFC West, his girlfriend, now fiance, she's an actress. She, they they want to be out West. That's their plan. He's got a house in Boulder. This is, this is where I think it's all going to ahead, uh, where they'll find out a deal, and he's going to move somewhere out there where, you know, L.A. is not very far away from Denver, and it's not very far away from Vegas. I think that's kind of the natural target where, where he's going to end up playing. 
Ooh, that I like that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Hey, Los, let me ask you about the Patriots, man. I I, I saw your your Twitter page. You're, you're talking about the couple picks that the Pats had there at 15 with Mac Jones and uh, saw uh, Christian Barmore at 38 and 96 was Ronnie Perkins, or a guy who I know the Falcons were looking at as well, the defensive spot. But your caption was a big old pile of Mac. <laughs> why uh, did you why. say that about the Pats, bro? Here's the reason why. So, again, for, for me, Mac Jones was 45th overall on my board. I, I, I just looked at him as a guy who does a lot of good stuff at the line of scrimmage, but he doesn't have the ability to move, which it's a, it's a space game. Everybody now that, that's being drafted, I'm, I'm not talking about run for 30 yards down the field, but can you create space in the pocket sure. to buy time? You have to be able to do that now. Um, so, for me, I think that you end up getting the guy that you got him where you had to get him. You needed a quarterback. You got your quarterback. The thing with Barmore, and I've been hearing this for a number of weeks, that he was a very difficult player to deal with during his time in Tuscaloosa, that he was a bit of a freelancer. Uh, you couldn't trust him to stay in his gaps. There's a reason why, and you would see it on, on all of his tape. He plays on third down, and his hair's on fire, and he's getting quarterbacks on the ground. Alabama didn't play him on first and second down a lot because they didn't <laughs> trust him. Yeah. So that, that, that there yeah. for me, I was like, okay, you went out and got some guys like that. And, and Ronnie Perkins, I, I like him as a ball player. He's just a smaller edge player from Oklahoma. And if mm-hmm. you're going to ask him to stand up, he hasn't done that before. So that's, that's the reason why I looked at it from when the Patriots were celebrating. I was like, you drafted a quarterback too early, and you got a guy that's a bit of a head case that doesn't follow the rules. Meh. Giant meh. <laughs> who, who starts at quarterback for the pass, bro? Is, is it Cam or is it Matt? I think it's going to be Cam, and then yeah, we'll just see you. how it goes. All all these guys on one year deals, it's it, they're they're all set up to fail. They're all set up to be bridge guys. That's it. Like when Teddy Bridgewater got a two year deal in Carolina, I was like, he's going to play one year there, and then they're going to move him or they're going to cut him. The same thing, Andy Dalton with what he's dealing with in Chicago. Justin Fields is going to have that role at some point. It's a desperate coach and a desperate GM. Ryan Pace is, is getting yeah. ready to be fired if things don't work out. And it's the same thing that you got in New England. I think at a certain point they're going to realize, let's go with the kid who's ready because Cam is kind of topped out on what he can be. Yeah, speaking of meh, that's what he was last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lot of meh. So let me get back a little bit to the Falcons. How do you, how do you rate what the what Fontenot and Arthur Smith have done and, and their staff have done so far this year with this team? I think it's been good, and here's the reason why. They didn't have any resources. I mean, you just didn't None. have any money. There were, there were three teams, three teams that entered into this offseason that were wildly over the cap. The, the yeah. Saints were $80 million over the cap. The, the Eagles were $70 million over the cap. And the Falcons were 30 the problem is this, and this is where I, I, I don't blame the previous administration because they spent correctly. They spent to make sure that they were always sitting with cap space. But when the cap was reduced because of a panty, a global pandemic, mm, and suddenly yeah. you go from what should be $200 million to you know, 185 that's how you end up $30 million over. Because if they were – had it been the typical cap, they'd have been about $7 million over. They would have cut a, cut a guard, moved on from a player, they would have been fine. But because of what happened – they found themselves in the situation. And so Terry Fondo and his staff have had to go about this without any ability to add significant players to their roster. Yet you've got a team that I think this year will hopefully contend and, and, and be a team where you're saying seven, eight, nine, ten 10 wins is a possibility. That's a Lose great point. That, I'm sorry. It, in that same light, in that same light, you talk about some of these guys who they had to go pay. Obviously we talked about Julio and where he stands. They pick up the fifth year option for our man Calvin Ridley, who we saw that last seven games, could easily be a number one guy. 
but you don't pick it up for Hayden Hurst. What do you think that says about this new regime and what they think going forward? Obviously, you go get Kyle Pitts. You think that can be part of the production if you lose a Julio Jones, but not having a Hayden Hurst type player who we know Arthur Smith loves his tight ends. What do you think that's saying about the new regime and where they want to go? It's an evaluation of value is what it comes right down to. If you were to tell me that Calvin Ridley is playing like a $10 million, $11 million receiver, I would say absolutely. The top guys are making 18 in this league. Mm. Picking up his fifth-year option validates that he's headed towards that sort of number. But when you talk about Hayden Hurst, I can't justify 7 to $8 million for that sort of style of tight end play, not with the cap issues I have. So right. that's really what it says. To, to me – the entirety of what I do, especially in the NFL offseason, and people are always you know, joking around, how did you know that guy was going to get cut? Because everything in the league goes back to what's my cap value, what's my actual value to the team. And if those don't marry up, you will not be on the roster. And so that's where I look at Hayden Hurst and I think, you know what, for, for 2 or $3 million, they like him. It works. For 7 or $8 million, they're not going to do that. Los, I want to ask you about the other side of the ball because I, I think me and you are on the same page on this, and it's crazy. Uh, I did a pre-draft show with Wes and Arch uh, getting ready for uh, the draft show, and uh, I picked out five DBs that I thought would be ideal fits for the Falcons. The one guy I really focused on that they actually drafted was Richie Grant. He's also a guy that you talked about uh, and said, hey, he solidified himself down in Mobile. What about Richie Grant? Because I, I thought this guy was versatile. He played multiple spots on their defense, can be a guy that played uh, special teams all four years at UCF, but has that versatility. And that's the one more thing that I know the, the staff talks about is having those versatile players. But from your point of view, what did you like about Richie Grant? Uh, I know he was your 50th overall in your top 50, but what made him feel like a guy, hey, this guy fits for the Falcons? Plays all over the field. Uh, there, there is no point where you feel like you're putting him in a matchup situation that's not good for him uh, as, far as, a, as far as a defensive back. I don't knock him for being, and this is one of the knocks that was out there, 24 years old. Because <laughs> he gets to the league as a grown man. like He's yeah. ready to go. And so once he, he went down to Mobile and took care of his work in those first three days at the Senior Bowl, which that's all that matters. The game doesn't matter. It's all about the practices. And he showed out, and everybody knew we can move him around as a chess piece. I just think that the NFL right now is all about creating bad matchups for the defense and how do you do it and what do you do. There are some players, like I think about Buda Baker in Arizona. He is a chess piece where it doesn't matter where you put him on the field, he's got the advantage. You know, I think you know, the honey badgers of the world. That's what I think you're getting with a Richie Grant. And, and when it comes to his, his ability to tackle, he shows up on the scene with bad intentions. So that's <laughs> a lot of it was, even though I know small school guy, not a lot of people got a chance to see him. He's a good football player. It's a really good pick. That's 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 awesome for fans like me to hear because I've I've heard a lot of people praising that pick and to me it sounds like we got the ultimate offensive mismatch in the first round and then Richie Grant sounds like he's going to be a great great matchup for us uh, on defense as well and here's the bottom line we needed defensive backfield help. Oh yeah, that that jumped out when you take a look at the entirety of the Falcons draft. You, obviously, both of your starting safeties leave town. You don't really have a cornerback right now opposite of AJ Terrell that you're extremely comfortable with. I, I think Kendall Sheffield looked really good as a slot corner. I'll be curious to see what happens if he plays on the outside. But I think a lot of that draft was about getting Dean Pease as many pieces as possible. You got the you got the offensive fun stuff at the top. You got some some uh, offensive line help for Matt Ryan. But then the rest of this draft was give that guy numbers and let's see what he gets out of him. 
I love it. Hey, Lowe's, before we let you get out of here, bro, uh, obviously I need to get a good story about two guys that I know and that you know really well, my man Finn and my man Hudson Mason. Give me some good stories, something that I could go back and crush them about uh, here going forward. I know you got some good for me. Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Hudson doesn't know anything about anything that happened in the 1980s. Like, it doesn't matter what you bring up. He has no idea. Like, you bring up, like, a, like, hey, remember that movie Goonies? You'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Back to the Future, oh, no, no idea. Hudson has this blind spot in his life. Like, and, and I get it. Like, I remember when I was playing college baseball, there was, like, four years there where I never watched The Sopranos because I was never awake. I just, I'd, I'd do my homework, go to, go, and I, and I missed it for four years. I had to catch up. Hudson had the same thing happen, but he's never caught back up. So that, that's what I would say about him. What I will tell you this about Finneran, Finneran has like the, the – The always got yeah. the Yeah, he's always got the needle out. And so <laughs> yeah. he's, always looking, yeah, he's always looking to poke you. And so whenever you get an opportunity to, to take a shot at him, got do you. not feel bad about it. You've got to get him, and you get him good when you get the opportunity. Oh, man, that's so point on right there. I remember many a days you got to get Finn before he gets you. And my man Hudson, that's funny, right? I got to make sure I crush him on that. Well, you guys make sure y'all check out my man, Front Office Lowe's. That's where you can follow him at on Twitter as well. The podcast, Audio Fun Bag Podcast. And, and Los, anything else you want to add, bro? Anywhere else they can find you and, and hear you? Because obviously I know people will enjoy hearing the stuff you talk about today. I always joke around about this. As long as you turn on the fan sometime in the afternoon, chances are you're going to hear me talking. It's just I'm always up here. It's just how it goes. Nice, nice. All right, Los, man. We appreciate the time, man. We appreciate you joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. My man, Carlos Medina. Thank you for joining us, bro. Take care, guys. All right, man. It's been a fun show, Scotty D, man. We had a good time talking to our man, Carlos Medina. He definitely laid it out. So if you have any idea or you don't know anything, and guess what? Carlos Medina, he just let you know. Because I know I was confused going into this, so I'm sure he had to let everybody know exactly what's going on. Carlos, we appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, fun day here on the Triple Threat Podcast. And today it was presented by Bet Online. We've had a great day, Scotty D. We appreciate you, man. Everybody else, continue to subscribe. Continue to listen. We appreciate you. We love you. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.